Sarah Price, you're playing the title role in the Writers' Theatre production of Sarah Rules Eurydice. What is it like playing a character out of myth? Oh, gosh, that's a great question, Austin. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 876, Eurydice's Sarah Price. Writer's Theatre here in the Chicago suburb of Glencoe is producing Sarah Rule's Eurydice, directed by writer's new artistic director, Braden Abraham. I'm lucky enough to be understudying three roles in Eurydice, so I've been able to watch the last week of rehearsal before we go into tech and preview performances this week. And I was particularly excited to be able to talk to Sarah Price, who plays Eurydice, about how she balances the magical with the realistic and the modern with the classical while playing this title role. Sarah's done something really spectacular here with Eurydice and that she it it brings it into now and you know with Braden's interpretation of it brings it even to closer than kind of Sarah did but um, she's made her incredibly relatable to be honest and so and because she's kind of like I guess the lesser told half of the myth um, then it doesn't feel quite as intimidating maybe I would be more maybe Kenny's intimidated as Orpheus but Eurydice is sort of a blank slate a little bit. Yeah. And so you get to interpret her the way that Sarah has written it. And you're right. She creates a lovely balance of sort of mythic and fantastical, but realistic and naturalistic. Yes. How do you navigate that, those extremes? Yeah. I mean, mean, the language is so stunning. And I think she does this thing where even the really like tiny and super relatable and super realistic moments have a kind of magic about them. Mm. Um, so I think that kind of helps keep the whole thing a little um, kind of in the same world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and the lovely thing about what I've seen so far in rehearsal is that everybody in the cast is on the same page, yeah. guided by both the script and by Braden Abraham's direction. Is How much did you talk about tone in the first two weeks of rehearsal? You know, we we are still, you know, we're heading into our first spacing rehearsal, tech starts tomorrow, and we're still kind of talking about tone. You right. know, we're still kind of finding where the, you know, these characters sort of belong in juxtaposition next to each other and, and these moments um, because the, the scenes do kind of jump around and so <laughs> sort of putting them together and being like, oh right, so I go from this to this, okay, great, and like seeing how the each scene kind of informs itself, I think, you know, I think we're still developing that tone, to be honest. Um, but so, you know, we've kind of developed like a physical language first, like we did a lot of movement work in that mm. first week, so um, I think uh, yeah, I think we kind of developed like a more of a physical tone first and then we're still kind of trying to find our footing. Well, that's interesting that you talk about physicality because I, I saw you in, in the production, the Northlight Theater production of Dear Jack, Dear Louise by Ken Ludwig. And there was a real physicality to that performance. And, and it, what's lovely is that I don't, I don't associate ingenues with being able to be so physical and yet there is a great physicality to your 
performances. I know you've played Juliet, but then I, I didn't see it. But is that a thing that you think about, or is that just something you bring to every character you play, regardless? Yeah, I think um, I think in my earlier, like especially in college and stuff, I think I was a really heady actor that would kind of prefer if you just cut me off below the <laughs> neck, you know? Um, I didn't really know what to do with anything, you know? And the older I get, that's the more I become. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I think like, I, I mean, I do tend to play, like, the funnier gals, um, and so I think physicality, you know, does a, a lot of, obviously, like, physicality is a major part of comedy, and, uh -huh. um, and so, uh, but, but I do think, like, also speaking of these kind of, like, myth, like, Juliet or, or Eurydice, um, uh, these kind of big emotions, I think, are, um, uh, need to be sort of aided with a more embodied kind of way of portraying them, um, because right. I think it could go very, like, pretty poetry without feeling really embodied. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so, so, yeah, I think I'm trying to still find that balance. Right. Pretty poetic, up on a pedestal, right. like a classical goddess. Yes. yes. And yeah. Sarah Will has written in, like, some stunning bits of, like... You know, she's surprised that her suitcase is empty, so she sits in it. Like there, right. like certain rules, like written a very like kind of physical Eurydice also. So um, I'm adding a little bit, but I'm also <laughs> mostly taking her cues. <laughs> no, and that's good. You're right. There's there's a level of absurdity that is lovely. Yes. It's kind of vaudevillian in a little way. Yeah, 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 I, yeah almost. Yeah. Um, uh, how did the part come to you? Which, which, and I don't mean that. How the hell did you get cast? Yeah. No. I, <laughs> I'm I mean, still asking myself that. <laughs> um, did because I, I it, it, it's I mean maybe it's a question for Braden. Um, you know, you 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 uh, program a, a, a play like Eurydice. I always think like, oh, you're, if you're doing a vehicle, you a vehicle needs a driver. So how did they find you? Yeah, I um I just got a audition request from my agent, and I put on the first audition was just a self tape. So oh, I did it, and you know, like my like eight by eight you know, office little at home in my apartment with my partner and yeah. um, and then callbacks were in person which helped a lot and yeah. um, we did kind of some more of that elevated language as well as that first scene with Orpheus that's a little more like kind of down to earth so um, kind of playing with that range and then um, there was a final callback um, there was a chemistry callback and oh. so um, I got to act against um, a couple of um, Orpheus's and um, you know Kenny was brilliant and yeah. we worked really well together and yeah. so yeah I know I felt incredibly fortunate yeah there is a level watching you guys you and Kenny in, in rehearsal there's a level of adorableness <laughs> That I don't think one can direct, or either, or, or, or even teach one, or did, or did they teach you in sc in a drama school how to be adorable? No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't remember that class, um, or I missed it. I missed that day of adorableness. Um, but no, I think like I think mostly that just comes from listening, and I think Kenny yep. is an incredibly um, talented listener and, and really playful and. Um, and so us, you know, trying to find new ways to like surprise each other or play with yeah. each other is. Um, uh, yeah, it kind of like it shortcuts that intimacy. So it just the relationship yeah. feels lived in because um, you know we've, we're we're really listening to each other, we're really being present with each other. Uh, well, and you mentioned you talk about playfulness, and that's always encouraging because I, me, I'm an old fuddy-duddy, and I, I and I hear a Greek name in a title, yeah. and I go, oh, this is going to be a slog. But this is such a I mean, if it's a tragedy, if the story of Orpheus is a tragedy, and I don't know that it is, but if it is, this is the sweetest, most adorable telling of that, and very funny, 
and very moving. Is that a thing that you're conscious of? Or are you just telling the story? Oh, I think absolutely. Like, um, you know, and that's obviously like kind of for Braden to track more and, right. you know, and him and I stay in, you know, conversation about it. And obviously like, um, you know, we don't want it to get too twee or, you know, cute. Um, mm, yeah. That's uh, a, yeah, right. That's a real danger. Yeah. Yeah. With this yeah. language. I mean, yep. like, you know, there is, um, because she's really, Sarah Rule is really funny and clever and, but also like some of her imagery is, you know, just pre- like not precious in a bad way, but it's just like. Lovely. It's, it's lovely. It's, yeah. That's a way better word. Thank you. It's lovely, and um, and so there. You know, if you're if you're kind of saying it in that sort of detached way, I think it can get kind of cute. And I think you know, Eurydice is really like navigating all of this in real time. And so I think there's like an immediacy to yeah. the approach of it that um, kind of helps it keep stay active. Hi, I'm Ken Ludwig, a playwright and author of Lend Me a Tenor, Crazy for You, Baskerville, and the new book, How to Teach Your Children Shakespeare. And you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? This fall of 2023, we'll be performing the complete history of Comedy Abridged and the ultimate Christmas show abridged around the country. Check out the touring page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, or our Facebook page or Twitter feed, at Reduced, for the latest information. And now back to my conversation with Sarah Price, who's playing the title role in Sarah Rule's Eurydice at Chicago's Writers' Theater. your background where how did you how did you come to be an actor at all and did nobody ever talk you out of it and I'm glad they didn't (laughs) um no I um I grew up in South Florida and I took my first improv class at 12 oh boy and I was done that was it and so it begins another cycle of theatrical abuse oh my god yes absolutely yeah (laughs) through the like you know by the you know we um by the end of high school, I was, like, president of all four of our acting associations and did the conservatory route and um, have done a lot of comedy. And um, But, yeah, I just love performing. I'm, yeah. I'm just such a fan of it. And, um, and I'm still, you know, like, in the biz, I'm still so moved by performances that I see. And yeah. so it's really yeah. heartening to be like, I, I think I'm part of a really good service. So what brought you to Chicago from South Florida? Uh, yeah, I um, I went to high school actually in North Carolina, and I did a um, I did governor school, which is a um, summer program mm-hmm. um, uh, between junior and senior year. And I met an actor that I just thought was absolutely tremendous at seventeen. And I was like, okay, where are you applying uh, for colleges? Because if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. And um, DePaul was on his list, so oh, I went yeah. to DePaul, and then oh, okay. I just stuck around. Yeah, DePaul's a great program, it, yeah. and 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 the. The the, stu- the actors coming out of DePaul work. This is what I find. I mean, and for the most part, they're all terrific. Uh, that's a great program. And what did you? What do you love about? What made you decide to stay in Chicago? Um, I'm a big comedy nerd, and so I went through IO's program and I went through Second City's program, and I just think um, uh, it's a it's a place where you can kind of do a little bit of everything, which yeah. is really lovely and. I think it's, you know, obviously it is easier for some people than others to break into the storefront theater scene, but I was given a lot of shots, and so 
um, yeah, it just felt like a place that felt accessible to yeah. kind of like, you know, wade into the community and, um, you know, just work. Um, and I've, you know, I've been here almost, oh God, um, almost fit 15 years. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, my husband and I just bought a home, so. Oh, congrats. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We're around. Thank yeah. You. yeah. That's great. Um, what do you, do, uh, uh, do you see, what's the, dis- what's the difference for you between improv and acting, and I'm putting acting in air quotes, you know what I mean? Because they're both, the, they're the same, and one is scripted and one yeah. is not. What is, what's, what is, what do the two things do for you, and how do you navigate the distinctions between them? Yeah, um, I think improv is, um, and I do a little bit of stand-up too, so I think like anything, um, Improv is about listening. That's just, at the end of the day, it's listening and reacting, and that's it. And at the end of the day, like, that's exactly what acting's about. It's just, you have to find the impetus to say a line that was already written, as opposed to, you know, the sort of reaction and the line that you're coming up with in the moment. Um, But uh, I think, like, you know, actors should take improv classes. I think improv improvisers should take acting classes. Like, just the the combination of the two is, um, uh, it just makes each... Uh, sort of tree of your work better. That's such a great way to think about it. Because uh, one can really feed the other, for Absolutely. sure. Yeah. Um, as we go into tech, how yeah. do you navigate everything that we've done so far and everything that we're about to add? I mean, this is, it becomes really technical in the next week or so. Or, or Or does it? Uh, yeah, I think with this show especially, yeah. um, you know, we've got elevators that rain and we've got a eight-foot rake and, um, you know, yeah. so there, it's going to be a fairly tech-heavy show and some stunning music. I mean, I think it's going to, all of that is just going to add so much. Yeah. Um, but even, you know, like, you know, Brayden and I have been talking about my posture in certain sections and I know as soon as I put on Dan- Danielle's um, designs, like, I'm going to feel like that, you know. Yeah. So it's really incredible to see some of this, like, integrated. Yeah. But also we're going to learn a lot about the play, too, and, you know, see, True. like, what works and what doesn't um, in this time also because, yeah, we've been, you know, like, there's a cross that I've been making upstage that takes, you know, in the room three seconds and out here you know it'll be like a cute 25 <laughs> so, yeah and um, you, including some steps yes yeah, yeah exactly running up steps probably. yeah um yeah so we're gonna learn a lot about the play in this i think too well and it's one of the things i love about the play is that it reads as one thing on the page but there is so much room for inter- directorial interpretation design interpretation and even actor interpretation. I mean, I'm understudying three roles, and I know that I will, of, by definition, play these roles differently than the real guys. Of course, right. You know, and that changes things, too, even yeah. if I'm doing exactly what they're doing. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I love that. Yeah, yeah, I've understudied before, and it's um, it's a tricky gig. It's just, it's hard. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, just just by the nature of you doing it instead of the person that built the role is just it's just going to be different. And I think um, I also think that's that's great. Like I yeah. think people learn a lot by understudies coming on, you know, and taking something just a little different, you know, not differently, but a little differently. Yeah. And um, yeah, it can illuminate a lot about a production too. So there's so many lovely nonverbal parts of this play. How do you rehearse? the non-verbal parts as opposed to the scripted part. We have two people working with us for movement. Um, uh, uh, Tanya is uh, our movement director and then Micah is our intimacy coordinator. So Mm. they've obviously helped us kind of like 
Talk out what those rules are and sort of, or you know those moments are and sort of offer up some yeah. choreography or some movement that can kind of match what we have you know kind of going. Um, and then there's just like kind of little things that you find once you're just running it and in scene. Like John Gregorio is yeah. one of my main scene partners and he's an incredibly talented clown. And so we found some like very silly kind of lovely moments um, of just sort of like you know little physical bits or. Um, uh, kind of touches of tenderness, uh, and so yeah, just kind of like being open to discovering those, and yeah. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. Sarah Rules Eurydice, featuring Sarah Price in the title role, runs at the Writers' Theater through October 22, 2023. Go to writerstheater.org for more information. Then send us your modern take on a classical myth via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. Or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or on our own actual website, ReducedShakespeare.com, or visit my website, TheShakespeareans.com. You can also follow The Writers Theater on Twitter, at Writers Theater, and on Instagram, at Writers underscore Theater. Thanks, as always, to mythical figure Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Laura Mills. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to playwright Ken Ludwig, author of Lend Me a Tenor, Baskerville, and Dear Jack, Dear Louise. And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 876-2628ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Touches of Tenderness would be a good alternate title for... uh... (laughs) This podcast is a production of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.